So this morning, we're looking at Psalm 77. This psalm is not written by David, as most many psalms are, but by his friend Asaph. It's a, start, a psalm that starts in lament, but pivots into praise and thanksgiving as he reflects on the good deeds of the Lord. And I want to do a similar thing for us this morning. I want us to reflect on the good deeds of the Lord for Emmanuel Church and then pivot forward into the more that God has for us, which will lead us naturally into worship and thanksgiving. Okay? So if you found Psalm 77, I will read it all out. And I don't know whether to look at the screen or to look at my Bible to keep up to date with the clicks, but can I read all that? <laughs> you shouldn't turn your back to your audience. I appreciate that, but I might just slightly do that now. Please excuse me. Psalm 77. I cried out to God for help. I cried out to God to hear me. When I was in distress, I sought the Lord. At night, I stretched out untiring hands and I would not be comforted. I remembered you, God, and I groaned. I meditated and my spirit grew faint. Selah. You kept my eyes from closing. I was too troubled to speak. I thought about the former days, the years of long ago. I remembered my songs in the night. My heart meditated and my spirit asked, Will the Lord reject forever? Will he never show his favour again? Has his unfailing love vanished forever? Has his promise failed for all time? Has God forgotten to be merciful? Has he in anger withheld his compassion? Selah. Then I thought, to this I will appeal. The years when the Most High stretched out his right hand, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will consider all your works and meditate on all your mighty deeds. Your ways, God, are holy. What God is as great as our God? You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the peoples. With your mighty arm, you redeemed your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. Selah. The waters saw you, God. The waters saw you and writhed. The very depths were convulsed. The clouds poured down water. The heavens resounded with thunder. Your arrows flashed back and forth. Your thunder was heard in the whirlwind. Your lightning lit up the world. The earth trembled and quaked. Your path led through the sea. Your way through the mighty waters. Though your footprints were not seen, you led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. Selah. Psalm 77. As a footnote for you, the word Selah has uncertain meaning. 
That's why they haven't bothered to translate it. They've kept it into the Hebrew. But the most of those common views, it's a time to consider. It's a, a time to pause, a time to encourage us to reflect. And we're going to come back to this at the end of our time together this morning. I'm going to let you into a little secret that there are some signals that the elders give to the music group during worship time. They're all polite. And one of them is this. Now, if you're listening on the podcast, I I apologise. If you missed it, I'll do it again. So this means just just tinkle. Just play some music. And that's almost what Salah is. So just just think about it. Just give some time to reflect. And we're gonna have an opportunity to do that later on as well. So the first half of this psalm is a lament and the, the Psalms have many laments. And you know what? I am so pleased that they are there. So pleased that they're there. The Bible does not paint a picture of everything being rosy and everything being fine and dandy. And it's just, you've got to pull yourself together. There are times when it's hard. And I took great comfort, and many of us did, I'm sure, through lockdown with some of these psalms of lament, lamenting what's happening around us during that time. You feel understood as you join with someone who's going through a difficult time, experiencing similar things, but you can often also hear that they've overcome those difficult things. The psalmist here is looking back over years of long ago. He fears that God's promises have failed that God's compassion has been withheld from him, that mercy has been forgotten, that love has vanished. Wow, the deep things. He's fearing that's happened. And Asaph is holding in his mind at the same time these great promises of God. Yet something has occurred to him, something's happened to his life, and he's struggling now, and he's trying to why up? I've got all these beliefs in God. God has spoken, done things, but yet, do you still love me? He's wrestling with these things. What he's seeing is not matching up with what he's believing in his heart. There's a disconnect. There's a, a disorientation. What, we, what he was believing was not what he was seeing. Can we not relate to that? Do we not have times in our lives where we believe in the great things of God and yet it's not quite going as we had planned. It happens time and time again, doesn't it? And the ancients in the Bible have been there as well. They've spoken of it and we have these laments. We believe in God for a breakthrough in a certain area, but yet it's still not broken through yet. Even this morning, praying for people with sicknesses, We're believing for the kingdom of God, that future hope, to break into our present reality. And we keep pressing into that. We keep praying for that. We know it's going to happen in this life or the next. 
We're pressing in to see the kingdom of God develop. And Asaph, another, another psalm that he, that he writes, he, he wrestles with, why do the wicked prosper? These are real issues we can have. And the psalms give us permission to have those thoughts, to have that lament, which is so wonderful. But what does he do in this situation? The pivot point comes in verses 10 and 11. Because he, he reorients his thoughts. He pivots. He changes his focus. He's still looking at the years of long ago. But he says, I will appeal the years when the Most High stretched out his right hand. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. He takes hold of what's happened in the past, the faithfulness of God through the years. He remembers that the Lord has a mighty right hand. And that right hand speaks, it's shorthand for the strength of God taking hold of his people. And he does this. I will consider all your works and meditate on your mighty deeds. Your ways, God, are holy. What God is as great as our God? You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the peoples. With your mighty arm, you redeem your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. The turning point here within the psalm is that remembrance, but also the change in focus. The first half is, look at it, it's all about I. I, 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 me, me, me. I was crying out, my distress, my fainting. There was an absorption with self. Does that ring true of our own generation? Does that ring true of you? Does it ring true of me? We can become so absorbed in ourselves, what we think, our feelings, our comforts. And that's what happens in the pivot point. It changes from I, look in the Bible, to you. It's all about you, Lord, your power, your path. There has been no change in God. God has not gone back on his promises as as Asaph was fearing, but rather it's a change in his attitude, his perspective. As he brings the focus off him, And starts looking at God as his eyes are lifted to that. And it's so easy for us as exiles in the kingdom of God, living here and now in the world, to be distracted, to be influenced by the world around us. We are bombarded all the time. This will make you feel happy. This will make you fulfilled. This is what you should be thinking. This is the way you should be acting towards people. And it can can completely overwhelm us. We are swimming in these lies that the world is showing us. But as a people of God, we are to reorient ourselves and focus on him. He is God. He has not promised his, he's not forgotten his promises. He has not failed us. He has not let us down. We, We get our focus on him. And it takes us forward. 
Here in the psalm, he reflects upon the rescuing of the people of Israel and the miracle of the parting of the Red Sea, that what God did for his people. Verses 14 to 15, it's referencing the plagues of Egypt that God sent to get them out of Egypt. 16 to 19, it's referencing crossing the seas, the waters writhing in there. The seas are parted. And it ends in verse 20, on the borders of the promised land, awaiting that new thing that God has installed for them. In pondering scripture's breadth and depth, and enables Asaph to reorient himself and kind of bring him to his senses. And we too have such stories. It might be indulgent to do this, but on, a, on an occasion such as this, I'm going to be indulgent. Because I want, as the psalm pivots, this is the pivot in the sermon So I will remember the deeds of the Lord. This is our last Sunday meeting here. Barring some catastrophe, which our insurance company might call an act of God. No, John. (laughs) This is the final Sunday for the Seabill future here. Next Sunday, we are meeting across the road. And as that happens, our language will suddenly change because across the road will mean here. Over there will be TDC. And it's a move of 75 metres south West. This is the move that we are about to make. And I want to give time to remember his mighty deeds towards us as Emmanuel Church as we make that move 75 metres southwest. Let me first paint you a picture of 1980. If you were my age at that time, you would have been looking forward to Christmas and you would have been hoping for a Rubik's Cube or a Cabbage Patch Kid. They were the big asks that year. If you were slightly older than I was then, you might be going to the cinema And you'd have been queuing up to see Empire Strikes Back, which I always think of the second film, but I know it's not. Um, (laughs) Airplane! Exclamation mark. There was no number. Airplane. A favourite of our music group, Blues Brothers. If you were old enough for car ownership, you'd have been hoping to get one of the new cars released in 1980. Or not. The very first Vauxhall Astra 
Generation One was released then. Who's, who's owned an Astra over the years? I mean, this year. Um, the Fiat Panda. Yep, was released. And to cap it all, in 1980, the Austin Mini Metro. You got one. <laughs> the big news stories in 1980 was the was that John Lennon was shot. And I, I remember hearing that on the radio as a kid. And unbeknown to me, the post-it note was invented. Who knew? And in October, in a northern city of, the, of, of England, a church was established growing from a group of students who were gathering together from, through, for prayer. And a guy, and we're going to meet next week, if you haven't met him already, David Campbell, who was studying to do a PhD over here. Spoke, God spoke to him about starting a church and calling it Emmanuel. October 1980. They met in... Um, School halls and meeting halls those first few years. And then gradually we found our, to our first home was the carpet factory. The old carpet factory, even as it was called then. It's since been knocked down and has made way for the Gala Theatre. And we met on the first floor of this very old building with a wooden floor. And the joke was, when hundreds of you jumped into the air... Would the floor survive us all landing at the same time? But that was the carpet factory. During that time, we sent out people to start churches in Darlington, Teesside, and Newcastle. That's King's Church, Darlington, Jubilee, Teesside, and City Church, Newcastle. We sent groups out from here to help pioneer those churches. The council then decided to knock down the old carpet factory, which was a listed building, to make way for the Gala Theatre. So we moved next door to Durham Sixth Form Centre. Uh, during that time, we continued to grow and had to go to two meetings. <gasps> oh, yes. Two meetings on a Sunday, very long mornings, but a great time in God. And thank you for everyone who helped. I remember the PA team having to fetch all this in every every day. And the the OHP. Yep. So there we go. So that was all happening during during those days. And during that time, we continued to look for a place that we wanted to call home. We wanted to have a place that was home to us where we could do things. And we looked at many venues during that period. We reckon we looked at 19 different venues over many, many years, trying to find somewhere where we was going to be home for us. A few months ago, as I looked back on this, I realized that God had saved us from our small vision. A few months, a few weeks ago, Alan and I took Ali, who was visiting from uh, Turkey, out for lunch to King's Lodge. There, there are 
other pubs available in Durham. And while we were sitting at King's Lodge, we were reflecting that we nearly bought that site for the church. I think it was, a, I think it was the Rose Tree Pub that was there originally. It had been burnt down, and we seriously looked at buying that site for us. And as we were having lunch, we were thinking, gosh, how small is this? There'd have been no car parking, no just incredible that God had saved us. When we looked at 19 different places, God closed doors to us. And you know how it can be, in life it can be frustrating when you're thinking, why can't I? We probably went through those thoughts. But God had a plan for us to end up here and then over there, which will soon be over here. Yeah, anyway. Um, We then bought this building by faith. I recounted a couple of weeks ago. We bought it following my most expensive breakfast ever. Listen to the podcast. You want to catch up on that one. And we bought it without planning permission because we're smart like that. (laughs) And we had a well-recounted story, I'm sure, but we had two planners in the authority who were against us. We used to meet very early, 7 o'clock Friday mornings to pray, and we were praying for these planners. And that week, they both got um, relocated. Thank you. Promotions. They both got promotions outside of the authority, which allowed our planning permission to sail through to get this change of use and la-da-da-da. So that's what we've done. And we launched here. 14 years ago, Easter Day 2009 was our first public gathering, Sunday gathering here. And I'd love to ask if you were here on that very first Sunday, if you remember the TV crew we had uh, from Look North that came in, did interviews and covered us, if you could just stand, I just want to get a gauge of how many people were here in that very first Sunday on Easter Sunday. Yay. So guys, just look around. Look. Just get a sense of proportion here. There's people away and that kind of stuff, but just sense what God has done through this motley crew here. (laughs) 14 years ago, we're in here on Sunday and look how God has multiplied us uh, during that time. And of course, other people have left and come, that sort of stuff. That's great. Thank you so much. Guys, you have lived through an era. You have lived through an era of the church. Since we opened here, God has blessed us with growth in numbers, diversity and faith. And we've had a great time here. This building is such a flexible space. I can recall one week, one weekend, on a Friday, this hall was packed full of doctors having a conference. That was the Friday. In the evening, a team came up to get ready for the fun day, Christmas fun day, the following day. So Saturday, we had a prayer breakfast out in the foyer. Sunday afternoon, in here, we had a bouncy castle. We had a rocking reindeer. We had Wii games. Upstairs was Santa's grotto that was fantastically built up. 
Saturday. And then the Sunday, back to this, worshipping Jesus together. What a flexible, what a blessing this building has been for us to call home and reach out to the community and celebrate the things of God in all that he's doing for us. We've experienced all stages of life together. Dedications, baptisms, marriages and funerals. We've had them all here. We've had fun days, celebrations, conferences, meals together, Kayleys, international Sundays and Nerf Wars. Not all of you may have got an invitation to Nerf Wars. We've planted Redeemer Church Chester Street and released a group to Usher Moore. We've sent teams and people to the nations and received people from the nations here, which was wonderfully showcased to us last week. We've had tens of our own children through our kids' work. We've engaged with local community and schools. We've had hundreds of students through our doors. We've influenced and sent out. Stewards, are you ready? You may do your work now. And to mark this occasion, we have a little memento for you that you can mark this period of transition and we're doing a reverse offering. So rather than putting things into the offering bowl, you may take your expense not spared fridge magnet (laughs) designed in the shape of the Emmanuel Centre. It doesn't come so well across on the picture on the screen. That is a picture from the one on my fridge at home. But we wanted to give a memento. The Bible speaks about building stone towers called Ebenezer's. And I did briefly have an idea of buying stones and getting everyone to take a stone and build a tower of stone. Then I thought of all the health and safety to do with that, so that didn't happen. So you've got a fridge magnet instead to mark this move of 75 metres southwest, where we're looking for greater things to come because of God's faithfulness. And if you've been on that journey with us, or if this is your very first Sunday, this is our gift to you, to mark and remember this transition that we are going through at this time. God spoke to us prophetically through a lady called Ginny from Sheffield, from Isaiah 54. And it said, to enlarge the place of your tent, stretch your tent curtains wide. And that was a foundational word in us seeing how we're going to stretch, how we're going to lengthen, how we're going to increase what God is doing here. And that kind of developed, and I'm looking for audience participation now, just to flag this up, into a vision of 400... Thank you so much. Of 400 and beyond. 
And God has spoken to us about, look to Durham and I will give you the nations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a test. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So I was about to say it's painted on the floor. I'm hoping it is painted correctly on the floor. Look to the nations and I will give you Durham. And from that, and that was given probably, I think, that's probably carpet factory day, just the beginning in there. Start of our international work, our international interest and involvement and passion for the nations, which has seen develop over that time. And as we look to the future, I'm thrilled that next week we have David Campbell, who founded the church those years ago, to come. And as we move 75 metres southwest, he's going to speak to us again and encourage us from that. There are many prophetic words over the building we've had. I was reminded a few weeks ago when we were in there on the early days, in the building itself, before it had been kind of cleaned out. It used to be a chemical factory and they used to make cleaning products. And there's a prophetic word brought in that prayer meeting that the cleaning products that were made there to clean things, we are now going with the cleansing blood of Jesus to cleanse from that place the, the world around us. And we had a, a picture, really foundational, about feeding the nations and a, th- a picture of three vats, which will be used next Sunday. And we'll be starting the meeting with a reminder of that um, wonderful prophetic picture for us. We will be meeting in this um, in this building again at some point. We have to continue to do some development over there, like the foyer and the toilets. There'll be times we may have to come he- in here for a season. Uh, so just kind of flag that up to you. But looking back, it's not just nostalgia. It's not just an indulgent act. It's rather that we are reminded of God's faithfulness. And from that faithfulness, we can be assured he has more for us. We are looking for more. We are looking for greater days ahead. There is more in God for us. Physically, he's giving us space to growth. We want to see new birth. We want to see testimonies of people's lives turned right around by the wonderful work of Jesus. We're going to hear testimonies of people we don't even yet know as they find space to settle amongst us. During the prayer meeting this morning, someone brought a passage from Isaiah 43, and it says this, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past, as I've just done, but I've I've explained that. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? And as that scripture was brought in the prayer meeting, I suddenly felt this response in my heart of, of course we perceive it, Lord. We're moving across to the Emmanuel Centre. 
next week. But then a sharp sense of God save us from just thinking that is what he is doing. We are going across there and we are into the new things. We are into the more of what God has for us. Don't limit ourselves to perception of it's just the new thing is the building because there's more he has in, to, in, in store for us. And I want to challenge to you that next week, as you step over the threshold of that building, as you walk into the auditorium and go, wow, can I challenge you to go in with that prayer of more, Lord. More, Lord. Do you not perceive it? There's more there for us. All that we have seen, our salvation, our church history, this building speaks of God's utter faithfulness. And that is what we stand on. His faithfulness propels us forward into the future. We want to see more of the release of the Holy Spirit amongst us as a body. We want to see more freedom within us as we gather. We want to see freedom from the fear of man. We want to see freedom from sickness. We want to see freedom from the fear of death. God has more for us, friends, as we go across there. And it's exciting to think that we each have a a part to play as we go forward. Like the psalmist, we all go through tough times. The key is getting hold of God's perspective, his perspective of things. And give faith the right environment to grow and press into the purposes that God has for you, for your family and for your church. The psalmist psalmist naturally looks back at God's faithfulness in rescuing them from the Egyptians and parting the Red Sea. It's natural for us to look back as Christians to God's greater miracle, the sending of Jesus to save us from ourselves. To look back that experiencing all that he has opened up for us It's where God's faithfulness is most acutely seen. And it's something we've remembered and celebrated as we broke bread together as the community of God this morning. While you were far off, God sent his son in a love rescue mission for you. And if you're here this morning and you haven't made that decision to follow Jesus... You don't have to wait for the new. You can do it now, today, in the old. But then have that opportunity, as we all go together in the new, that you can go as a new baby in Jesus, a baby in Christ, into that new building to grow together with everyone else. So if that is you this morning, please... Don't leave this place without making that decision to think that through for yourself. Have a word with someone who's brought you or have a word with one of the leaders here.
because we want to give you that opportunity to know the love of Jesus afresh and new, even as we go forward into the things of God together. Amen. I wonder if the music group will come up, please. We're going to go back into worship now and we're going to do an experiment. We love experiments, don't we? <laughs> so, thank you very much. <laughs> um, okay, so we're going to go back into a worship song. It's got a lovely a chorus to it, All Hail King Jesus. And what I'm going to try us to do is we're going to break in to that kind of chorus repeat with a little bit of your own. Shall we do it together? <laughs> um, but it's an opportunity. And I'm going to give like 30 seconds for each of us in English or your mother tongue using your mind to actually give thanks to God. And I'm going to call out a couple of areas as we go through that we can focus on as we call out to God in our cellar times, in our times of reflection, in our times of thanksgiving. Those uh, points can be used as we worship and give thanksgiving to God together. Are you up for that? And we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Let's stand together.